That's mine. I'm not playing with you anymore. Stop! That's not fair! I'm telling Mom! Sound familiar? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Another great way to support our ministry is by helping us get the word out to other parents by subscribing to our podcast and leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Do your kids just love getting mail? Do you go to the mailbox with them and sift through the mountain of paper like coupon for mold removal? Yeah, don't need that, hopefully. Electric bill, ouch. Bathing suit magazine you didn't request, um, no thank you. But what if your kids went to the mailbox with you to find an engaging current events magazine just for them, presented from a biblical worldview? God's World News is just that and so much more. They offer bi-monthly print magazines and corresponding online content that will walk your kids through current events in age-appropriate ways, from toddlers all the way to teens. Just go to gwnews.com slash ginger to get a free copy of God's World News. Again, that's gwnews.com slash ginger to help your kids build their news literacy so they can better live out the gospel. Hey, Ginger. I find it very interesting how parents can respond so differently to sibling conflict from day to day or even from child to child. Yeah, I've noticed that too, Katie. You know, some parents are of the mindset that it's best to just stand back and let siblings work through conflicts on their own. Uh, Then there are those parents who think it's best to separate siblings who are arguing and fighting until they're willing to straighten up and play nice. (laughs) Uh, Then there are those parents um, who think that just administering some sort of punishment will motivate siblings to get along better. Well, and then there are those parents who probably do some version of all three of those methods multiple times every single day. (laughs) (laughs) True. But there are three problems with all of these responses. They fail to reach their hearts. They fail to train and instruct. And they fail to point children to their need for Jesus. Mm. James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 address what's at the heart of conflict. Those verses say, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. So basically, fighting and quarreling among siblings is a spiritual battle that starts in the heart. It's a battle between serving self versus serving God and submitting to His command to put the needs of others above their own. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 explain how badly the battle can end when evil desires give birth to sin. Those verses say, Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
this battle of selfish desires raging in the hearts of siblings actually goes all the way back to Cain and Abel. Theirs was the first biblical record of sibling conflict, and the sin of the heart was so severe and so consuming that it ended in murder. Now, we certainly don't want that level of hate raging in the hearts of our children, so we warn them of the dangers of living to please the flesh And we encourage them with God's promises to those who live to please the Spirit. Galatians 6, 8 is a great verse for both warning and encouraging. It says, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So we take them to God's Word for warning and encouragement, as well as uh, taking them to specific verses with practical instructions to help with sibling conflict, uh, such as Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, which command, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Resolving sibling conflict means teaching children to live out God's command to put the interest of others above their own. If all siblings applied God's commands to love and serve others above themselves, there would be no sibling conflict. But like us, our children's sin nature leads them astray and causes them to pursue their own interest above the interest of others. They want to be first. They want to be right. And they want their own way. So since the Bible explains that the battle of sin begins in the heart, the heart is where we start. Leaving them to themselves to figure it out or fight it out isn't biblical. And we know from Proverbs 29, 15, that a child left to himself disgraces his mother. God calls parents to parent. He commands us to bring our children up in the way they should go by training and instructing them with wisdom from his word and pointing them to their need for Jesus. To expect children to navigate conflict without instructions or to just merely separate or punish siblings when they're in the midst of conflict serves neither of those purposes. Mm. Now, granted, separating siblings when things get heated and even administering consequences when their anger gives birth to sinful retaliation can be helpful, but those actions are not a substitute for training and instructing. Separating them for a time to allow a cooling off period, especially if their anger has gotten out of control, is actually wise. But once everyone has had a little time to calm down and gain self-control, We need to be taking time to walk them through how the conflict could have been handled biblically and in ways that honor God and brings unity to their relationship. That's what training and instructing is all about. Okay, so give us a scenario to help us imagine how this might play out with our own kids. Because I know everyone listening has a really hard time imagining their kids in conflict. I know that's just really (laughs) foreign. (laughs) So we need to give them a picture. Give them a scenario, Ginger. (laughs) All right, let's say Andy is building a house out of cardboard boxes. He's been cutting and taping and working hard all afternoon on this cardboard house. Then his sister Leah comes along and she starts trying to move one of the boxes. Andy screams for her to stop, but she ignores him and proceeds to move one of the boxes to the other side of the construction site. So Andy takes it to the next level, and he threatens to take revenge if she doesn't leave his box alone, which makes Leah even madder and even more determined to move the box. Andy's anger goes up another notch as he snatches the box away from his sister. She begins to scream and tries to take it back, but Andy holds it over his head and out of her reach. Now Leah becomes so angry that she rips the front door right off of Andy's house. 
Andy <laughs> yells. Nobody can imagine this, I'm sure. <laughs> Andy yells, you're such a brat. I'm telling mom. Hmm. So who's the victim? Is it Andy because his sister is being selfish by messing up his masterpiece? Or is it Leah because her brother is being selfish by not allowing her to play build a house out of cardboard with him? Different parents might see this in different ways, and that's okay. It's not really a matter of who's right or who's wrong or who's the victim and who's the villain when it comes to sibling conflict. The bottom line is that both kids have a sin nature, and neither is handling conflict in a way that honors God by putting others first. Okay, let's stop right there for a minute because I think it's hardwired into parents to do one of a few things in this situation. Uh, One is to immediately fuss at both children— Uh, Two is to inquire who, quote, started it, because (laughs) for some reason that Mm -hmm. that matters more to some of us. And number three, cast all the blame on the child who is older or maybe more prone to causing trouble on a regular basis because they should know better by now. Uh, So, Ginger, what are some practical ways parents can approach this situation in a God-honoring way that will actually help siblings learn to communicate with self-control and be considerate and respectful of one another, even in the midst of conflict. And I have to say, regardless of who is right and who is wrong. Mm, That's right. Okay, so I have three suggestions. First is to teach them what the Bible says about handling conflict. It's actually there. Matthew 18, 15 gives these instructions. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. So Andy is frustrated by his sister messing up his work, and rightly so. But did he communicate his frustration with self-control and try to work things out with his sister in a respectful way before running to mom with it? No, he didn't in this scenario. And it could be that it's just that he's never been taught how to do that. Now, Leah has not handled conflict the right way either, but we don't want to brush over the fact that tattling that derives from selfish ambition is wrong. As you're describing Matthew 18, 15, you know, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. And I think about the times in my life, and I'll speak for myself here, but I know others can probably identify, the times in my life when I've been sinned against and how often I have added my own sin heaped on top of theirs by gossiping, you know, retaliating in anger, all these other ways of handling conflict besides going directly to the person who has mm-hmm. sinned against me and handling it the way Matthew eighteen fifteen says to handle it. So I guess that's my encouragement here to parents is as we are teaching these things to our children, if we're not also modeling it, if they hear us railing on a family member who's done wrong without speaking to that family member, I just think what we're doing in their presence and even outside of their presence, because our kids uh, can probably pick up on a lot more than we realize, but Mm -hmm. how we handle conflict in our lives is going to speak volumes to our children. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we've said this many times on the podcast before, but it still bears repeating. Most of this training and instructing we're doing with our kids needs to happen, number one, by example, like I just said, but also during times of non-conflict when our kids' emotions are not at a 10 We don't want to start our training and instructing when they're at peak level of insanity. Right. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. 
This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ginger, when siblings are in the midst of conflict, you said that step one is to take them to Matthew chapter 18, which gives instructions for resolving conflict biblically, regardless of who is at fault. What is step two? Step two is to help children take ownership for the sin in their hearts by asking heart-probing questions. Both kids need to look at their own hearts, but I recommend starting with the tattletale because tattling with selfish motives is so damaging to sibling relationships. Mm. Mom might ask questions such as, honey, I understand that you're frustrated with your sister, but did you try to work this out with her in a loving, respectful way before you came to me? And if the tattler says, well, yes, as a matter of fact, I did try to work it out first before I brought it to you. (laughs) Well, then mom might ask, okay, so in what ways did you try to work it out? Because often when you ask those kind of questions (laughs) and get a little bit more detail, you find that, yeah, they tried to work it out, but it actually wasn't in a very loving, respectful way. The devil's in the details for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's also wise to help tattlers determine their motives for bringing the issue to mom and dad. If they've come to the parent in anger and there's just no evidence of love and humility, then it could be an indicator that revenge is the motive. So if that's the case, mom might ask, honey, are you telling me this because you're angry with your sister and you would take joy in seeing her get in trouble? And if the tattler uh, seems to be pondering that question and maybe leaning toward the yes end of it, mom might say, sweetie, the Bible teaches that love does not take joy in someone else's suffering. Mm. Siblings taking delight and getting the other in trouble is wrong, and it does not bring unity to their relationship. It does just the opposite. It leads to distrust and disharmony. Now, having said that, there are occasions when children should be taught to come directly to mom or dad. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't want to get us too off topic, but we did an episode on protecting kids from sexual abuse a while back, and we talked about the importance of kids not keeping secrets of any kind. Children should always tell their parents if anyone is making them uncomfortable, and specifically if that person is telling them to keep secrets. We said nothing good comes from secrets, and secrets Mm -hmm. are very different from surprises. And Um, So go back and listen to that episode, listeners, if you haven't, uh, because I think it's helpful to teach our kids the difference between secrets and surprises. Mm -hmm. Uh, I realize that in this episode, we're talking about the damaging effects tattling has on sibling relationships. But what you're saying, Ginger, is that even with siblings, there are exceptions to that. Important exceptions. Yes. Children should be encouraged to come and tell a parent immediately if another child is endangering himself, endangering someone else, or destroying property. But, you know, we're the parent and God gives us discernment. We can totally tell the difference between a child who's coming out of genuine concern versus a child who's taking delight and getting their brother or sister in trouble. Uh, There's just a difference in attitude and in the way they present it. Mm The other time when tattling is acceptable is when the child has tried to work out the conflict in accordance with the instructions set forth in Matthew 18 in a self-controlled, respectful way, 
and the other child is not willing to listen. Mm-hmm. So just a few verses down, we're given instructions for that scenario. Uh, we're basically told that when the other person refuses to listen, then it's time to involve someone else. So if tattling is involved, um, maybe address that part first, and then we can move on to the heart probing questions in regards to the actual conflict. There are you know, really many ways that you could address sibling conflict, such as the one that I just talked about with Andy and Leah. In this particular scenario, both children are being selfish in different ways. But we would be here all day if I tried to offer counsel for addressing every scenario from every angle. Exactly. And when we look at your wise words for mom's chart, like you said, there are just a lot of different options for how a parent might address this issue. You've already covered tattling, but the conflict itself could fall under several categories you have listed on the chart, like arguing, selfishness, aggravating, stirring up strife, and conflict resolution. You know, take your pick, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've suggested heart-probing questions and Bible verses listed for what to put off and what to put on for each of those issues that would all apply to the situation. Um, Not to say that parents should apply them all at one time, uh, I think it's best to go for brevity, depending mm-hmm. on the age of the child. Mm-hmm. Let's not address every sin we can possibly uncover at the same time. Um, so, for example, I'm looking at the questions under aggravating and stirring up strife. Uh, and those might be helpful for probing Leah's heart. Mom could tailor them to this particular situation by asking, Leah, when you started moving your brother's box around after he told you to stop, were you promoting peace or were you stirring up trouble? What could you have done to promote peace, to pursue peace in this situation. Yep. And then Proverbs 619 is listed for what to put off. Sweetheart, did you know that one of the seven things God hates is one who stirs up trouble with others? And the verse listed for what to put off is super encouraging. It's Proverbs 1220, which promises that God gives joy to those who promote peace. Mm. And on the flip side, mom could ask Andy these same questions to probe his heart. Honey, rather than yelling at your sister and name calling and provoking her by holding the box over your head where she couldn't reach it, what could you have done to pursue peace and show consideration for her? Now, again, we don't want to brush over Andy's frustration His sister was messing up his masterpiece. That would be frustrating. But mom could suggest ways that Andy could have pursued peace and shown consideration for his sister that would not involve allowing her to mess up his project. And that's totally okay. It's okay to help children think through conflict resolution by making suggestions. Andy, sweetie, perhaps you could have asked your sister to wait until you were finished building your house and then offered to invite her inside to play a game with you. Or maybe you could have asked her nicely to not move the box, but offered to let her draw flowers on the house while you finish building. Whatever suggestions we make or questions we ask or scriptures we use are not what matters most. What matters most is that we're helping our children recognize the sin in their hearts Mm. and teaching them to turn to God in His Word for wisdom and help. The goal is to give them the tools they need for resolving conflict in ways that honor God and show love, kindness, and consideration for others. Now, if sibling conflict is a huge struggle with your kids, I encourage you to take time uh, to pray with them, maybe first thing in the mornings. You know, kids, before we go and have breakfast, let's ask God to show us ways that we can love one another and put each other first today. Maybe even have some scriptures written on cards, such as the one that I mentioned earlier in Philippians, and pray over verses like that. A simple prayer might be something like, 
Lord, you tell us in your word to not do anything out of selfish ambition, but to consider the needs and interests of others above our own. Help us to look past our own feelings and wants today and bless others by putting their feelings and wants first. Mm. So we teach them what the Bible says about resolving conflict. We help them take ownership for their own sin by asking heartbroken questions. We take them to specific scriptures about serving God by serving others, and we pray with them, asking for Jesus to help transform their hearts, minds, and actions towards others for His glory and their good. So, Ginger, what's the last suggestion you have for parents who want to teach their children how to resolve conflict biblically? We can train children to put what they're learning into practice by role-playing. We've talked about role-playing on other episodes before. Uh, When they put that verbal training into practice, it actually becomes part of their lives. So teach them to practice wisdom. Kids learn best by doing. Philippians 4.9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Role-playing is an effective way to help children move from being hearers of the word to doers of the word. So I encourage parents to not just talk with their children about what they could have done to resolve conflict, but have them actually go back and do it. And it's okay to put the words in their mouths when they're young and immature. They don't know how to communicate with self-control and kindness, so they need our guidance. So just as an example, in the situation between Andy and Leah in the cardboard house, mom could have taken them back to the construction zone and walked them through how to resolve conflict biblically. It's really as simple as just giving them the words to say, taking them back and giving them the words to say, Andy, tell your sister, please don't move my box. When I'm finished building, you can come inside and we'll play a game together. Or however you want to word it, whatever suggestion you want to make, uh, While I'm connecting the boxes, maybe you could draw some windows or flowers on the outside. Anything along those lines would be fine. Mm -hmm. Then require Leah to respond with okay or thank you. So that's it's just simple. Just teaching them how to communicate. Put the words in their mouth um, and then have them repeat those words. And keep in mind that wording and suggestions are not what matter. What matters is that we're teaching them to resolve conflict in ways that honor God and show love for one another. By requiring them to go back and practice a kind, others-oriented response, no matter how it's worded, we're training them in righteousness rather than just rebuking them for wrong. We're teaching them to put off selfish desires and put on consideration for others. So no matter what the conflict is about, have them go back and practice a biblical alternative to that sinful behavior and be willing to do it over and over. Resolving conflict biblically, you know, that's a skill that just like most skills takes time and practice to develop. The more they do it, the better they'll get. Ginger, when Avery and I did our vacation Bible school, we volunteered in the one and two-year-old room which let me just tell you, if you want some help resolving conflict, go work in the one and two-year-old room for a while. (laughs) We had six of them in there, and I feel like I spent the entire week doing this over and over and over again because one would take a toy from one. And so we would practice, and they were capable at that age. Now, I didn't get into a lot of the heart probing at that point because there were six of them and two of us, and it was kind of a difficult situation Mm -hmm. for that. But just simply, and I think at that age too, it doesn't warrant a whole sit down with both of them. 
but you just very simply talk through what we just described and then have them practice and say it the mm-hmm. correct way. And even those who were more prone towards screaming every time something was taken from them, mm-hmm. you know, we were able to teach them how to say, please don't take that and and then praise them a whole lot when they say it back correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And Avery and I were just feeling so good about the progress we made with these little kids towards the end of the week and literally the last 15 minutes right before the week was ended, one of the kids bit the other one in the face. And I was like, okay, (laughs) all that work out the window. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. (laughs) But it just requires, and I had forgotten, you know, my youngest Mm -hmm. is eight. I had forgotten just how exhausting that age can be. So parents, moms and dads who have kids this age who are just struggling every single day with constant sibling conflict. Mm-hmm. I, and Katie, let me ask you this. When you yeah. were in, you and Avery were in that scenario all week with those kids, did you find that most of them were actually relieved for, for you to come in and offer yes. a solution? Yes. See, that can even alleviate frustration in kids. Absolutely. Like I said, they're young, they're mm-hmm. immature, they, they're born with that sin nature, self-control, loving others, serving others, those things don't come naturally to the kids. Absolutely. So yep. when you step in and start teaching them how to respond biblically, a lot of times you'll find relief mm-hmm. and thankfulness because they want to know a better way. They're not happy with the way that they're behaving and the way they're treating others. It's making them miserable. So just walking them through that um, is encouraging to most kids. Well, and you can just see, I mean, anybody who wants to argue that we don't have a sin nature, spend some time in the one and two-year-old room. I mean, it just really, it, <laughs> yeah. it does so, come so naturally. And there was mm-hmm. one little boy in particular, he was precious, but his instinct every time was to scream every time he didn't get his way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just talking him through it like you said, and showing him another way. And he would demonstrate to us, you know, we'd, we'd have him, okay, say it the correct way and say it with self-control and he would do it. Now, again, inevitably, five seconds later, something would happen and he, his knee jerk, he had just, it had been so ingrained mm-hmm. as a habit or maybe just came perfectly naturally out of the gate. But, um, you know, he was willing to respond though in mm-hmm. kindness. And mm-hmm. so I think that's what we want to see, even if they don't do it Perfectly. And they're not going to for a while. I mean, it takes a long time for kids to undo a habit like that. It does. But the more we're willing to walk them through Mm -hmm. what is right... Um, the more likely they are to get it. And sometimes it's right when we're at our wits end. We're like, I have been dealing with the same thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you start seeing that it's more and more often that they start practicing what they've learned on their own. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let me throw a kink in this whole scenario that you gave. Uh, Let's say that either Andy or Leah or both are too angry to follow through with step number three. So we were just talking about kids who are willing to do the role play and come back and say it the right way. But let's say they refuse to come back and practice responding in a God-honoring way. And we've had many parents write to us with questions along these lines. So Mm -hmm. what do parents do then, Ginger? Mm -hmm. Well, as I mentioned earlier, there's nothing wrong with having a cooling off period for one or both children when anger or emotions of any kind are in high gear. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that's wise. It might be necessary to take a break from the cardboard house and separate the kids in this scenario for a time. And during that cooling off period, encourage them 
to talk with God about their anger and ask for his help. Take time to pray with them and encourage them to pray on their own while they're having that time. Uh, that that when, when they cry out to God, he will answer them and he will help them. He promises that. So encourage them over and over and over in that spiritual discipline of asking, going to God and asking for his help. And, you know, it might take a 10-minute separation or it might take significantly longer. And then once they've calmed down and anger has subsided, then have a redo and guide them through resolving conflict uh, with a self-controlled way of communicating. Mm. And I encourage parents to be wise about power struggles, which is actually where I think you're, uh, what you're getting at here, Katie. Mm -hmm. If after some time apart, whether a little bit of time or a lot of time, say that Leah still has an attitude, a natural consequence might be that she loses the privilege to be involved with Andy's house at all. Or if Andy still has an attitude, he loses the privilege. Uh, If they both have an attitude about role-playing, I would probably recommend administering a consequence, then dropping the matter so that you don't get pulled into a power struggle. A logical consequence might be uh, just to simply take down the cardboard house. No, you, then, you get box cutters and cut it while they watch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then take it out in the backyard and set fire to it. Katie. <laughs> So, but just administer, I think that's a good logical consequence to remove, take it down. You don't, neither one of you Mm -hmm. get to play with it anymore. And then just let it go. You've done all that you can do at that point to bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You've reached beyond outward behavior to address the issue of the heart. You've instructed them in what to put off and what to put on in accordance with scripture. And you've pointed them to Jesus for help. Sadly, They've chosen to not fully submit to your authority. So you've administered a consequence. Mm. Aside from praying for God to do a work in their hearts as only he can do, you've done all that God's commanded you to do. Okay, can I say something here? Because I think so many of the questions we get are that very thing. They're doing it. They're doing exactly what they've been commanded to do. Mm -hmm. And they're not seeing the fruit. Mm -hmm. And... I think what you're saying here is that's not your job. And we've said this before, but it just hit me something special with this particular episode because this is one of those areas where there's just, it's constant. The sibling Mm -hmm. conflict thing. I mean, it's just constant. It wears you down. Mm -hmm. And it's so difficult as a parent to see it happening on a regular basis, sinning against one another and just constantly intervening. But what you're saying is we have to accept the fact that we cannot change their hearts. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are only responsible for what the Lord has given us to do and no more. We can't Mm -hmm. overstep our role and become God and change their hearts. That's right. And so um, anyway, I just wanted to offer that specific encouragement because I know that this is like beating your head against a wall some days where you do it over and over and over and over again and see no fruit, Mm -hmm. but God's word never returns void. Now that doesn't mean we see this side of heaven, the results we want to see, but we can know and have faith that God will do what he has predestined will happen, what he in his sovereign will has determined. And we can rest in that. We need to have faith in that and Mm -hmm. just act out our faith as best we can. That's right. That's right. We do all that God has commanded us to do for as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. And then we let it go and we trust that we have done our parts and we trust that God is going to do his part. So we can take heart in that encouragement and know that God is working. And as you just said, Katie, his word does not return void. And we can thank him that his mercies are new every morning. 
Well, now is the part of our show where we can share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Chella, and she sent this comment on Instagram, so we don't know where Chella lives, but here's what she had to say. After being sick, I developed telogen effluvium, which is terrible hair loss. I feel you, Chella. I'm right there. Uh, My four-year-old daughter saw me crying one day and said, Mommy, no matter how much hair falls out, Jesus will still know exactly how many you have left. (laughs) Oh, I love that. She says, that encouraged me so much. I feel like God uses the little things to remind us that we're doing his work and to show us that our little sponges are absorbing. Mm. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she says, also, for an entire summer, my son called kids who were bullying or refusing to share Pharaoh instead of meanie or butthead. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty epic indicator that they're learning something from me. That, yes, Chella, you are doing a great job. It's definitely an improvement <laughs> to call him Pharaoh yeah. instead of yeah. butthead. That's yeah. hilarious. And then Chella then shared this sweet encouragement. She said, don't make me count to three, changed my parenting. I'm about to repeat this study. Oh, that's such a blessing for me to hear, Chella. I'm so thankful that the Lord has used it to encourage you in your parenting. That um, That's a blessing for me to hear. If you have a kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said. It can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash kidquips. That's Q-U-I-P-S to submit those. Well, Ginger, when it comes to teaching children to resolve conflict biblically, one thing that stuck out to me in this episode is that consistency is really important. Uh, Listeners, I don't know of any better resource to help with consistency than Ginger's Wise Words for Mom's Chart, uh, mainly because the homework has already been done for you and it's straight from scripture. Uh, So there's a conflict resolution section that lists suggested heart probing questions. There are scriptures for what to put off and what to put on, both for the offended uh, party and the offender. And having that quick reference information right at my fingertips has just been a game changer for me. And I know thousands of other parents who have written and said as much. So uh, Ginger, how about you offer a final word of encouragement and then I'll tell our listeners how they can get a discount on your chart. Sibling conflict is one of those things that can really get under our skin, but when we view those moments as opportunities to train our children in the wisdom of the Lord, it just changes our whole perspective, which changes the way we approach it. So let's pray and ask God to help us put off our own frustrations and selfish desires and interest and put on an attitude of thankfulness and joy for every opportunity we have to train our children in the way they should go. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can also find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering Ginger's Wise Words for Moms Chart bundle deal at a 10% discount. It's a buy three and get a fourth chart free deal for only $15. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. The Wise Words for Moms Chart is a great gift for baby showers and dedications, or if you would just like to bless your mom friends who are also wanting to reach the hearts of their children. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. 
Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. You're making me seasick right now. <laughs> well, I'm playing around with the height of my computer while you're talking. I feel like I'm on a boat. <laughs> well, I thought while you're rambling on, I can try to get my camera Rambling situated. on about your resources. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome.